Welcome to the Illenials Podcast. Illenials Podcast. Episode 16. We're here again. Yep. How, you know, we're, we're recording right. actually on a Monday for once. Uh, we usually record on Sundays, but we couldn't record uh, yesterday because Seth decided to go to the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame. Okay, first of all, Seth went on a cultural tour of... Your own culture. No, I went to a... Before that, I went to a Gurdwara. I don't know what that is. That is an Indian temple of worship that is non... It's like non-denominational, so any religion can um, pray there. And I okay. Went, I, I, went to the, I went to the service, and I, I did all the customs, and I went downstairs, and they fed me an incredible meal, and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I did that, and then I went to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. So it was more like... A cultural exchange program. Yes. They took you to your... They, they showed you theirs, and you showed them yours. Yes. I was very surprised. First of all, I was very surprised at how universal, like, religion kind of is. It's something we fight over a lot, but going to that service was a lot like going to, like, a Christian service here in America. Um, the customs were a little bit different, but all the songs say the same stuff. You know, God is holy and he's the best and we we suck and we're lucky he even forgives us for the stuff we do even though he knows we're never going to be as good as him that's what all the songs say and you know you do your offering and there's like a dress code and stuff it's pretty it's it's i don't know to me it's, it's pretty similar actually i was very i was very surprised by that that it wasn't super alienating okay so i wonder if that's a product of them being westernized or if it's just like universal stuff I do wonder that. From what I understand, it's, I mean, it runs the same way it would in India. Like, it's not, they don't do anything too different here. That's um, fair. But, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of cool, especially since it was, you know, because I was there with a, a Hindu, a Sikh, and a Muslim. And they were all, you know, they were all able to pray and do whatever they needed to while they were there, which was pretty cool. Hey, man, that's America, right? Yep, that's America. Well, well I guess that's India. <laughs> I think it's more like the, like vision of america that we were all sold as kids you know like this melting pot of cultures and the crossroads of so many nations yeah and we're all just one big you know melange of uh of fucking uh, well of fucking yeah and we're also a big, of cultures we're a big menage a trois of cultures but in the reality it's like no people like separate out and atomize themselves down into their cultures they don't want to to go outside of them yeah, uh, and some people fear. You know, you got the, you had the whole white flight. You know, stuff to the su- suburbs and shit. So yeah, uh, it's it's like uh, it's what it's what America should be, in my opinion. We should be more uh, of a, a mix of all this stuff because you know we're as we say ourselves say sometimes a nation of immigrants and the land of opportunity. So I figure people should uh, uh, expect a culture that's pretty uh, mixed. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, how was the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Dude, it was awesome. There was so many cars. Yeah. They even had Lightning McQueen from the Cars movie. Okay, that's a fucking travesty. He was there. That is an offense to me, as a Southerner, to my culture, that they would include this fake racing car from the cartoon movie as if he was a real NASCAR car. Hey, NASCAR had... A big hand in making the movie cars they were they a lot of people who work at nascar helped pixar on the consulting so i don't see why lightning McQueen queen doesn't deserve a spot in the nascar hall of fame you know 
So you're just quoting if, the if, plaque at me now. No, if we're talking about... Actually, there is a video playing. Oh, man. <laughs> not a plaque. Um, but we were just talking about how we should be more inclusive here in America. And you know what? I think we should. So we should, Lightning McQueen can be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, totally. he's never in a NASCAR race and let, he's a fictional character. Yeah, let's have, let's, have, let's have Lightning McQueen be in the fucking NASCAR Hall of Fame. Let's let Private Ryan be at the fucking World War II Museum, you know? Let's let yeah. fucking Tom Hanks' character, too. Yeah, why fucking not? How about the, Brad the Pitt's character from fucking let's Glorious let, Bastards? Let's let the Monstars be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Why not? Fucking why not? We're just putting any fictional character in our in our fucking cultural shit now, huh? Let's I think I'm going to watch Space Jam tonight. Watching Space Jam tonight? I think I'm going to watch Space Jam tonight. I mean, hell, why not, right? So I've been doing this. Another thing I've been doing uh, as far as cultural outreach, if you will, is me and some of my coworkers, we've been doing movie nights on Thursdays where we like show each other a movie. And for a while, they got to pick the movie, so I watched a lot of Indian movies and like just South Asian movies in general. And then I got to choose a movie. Um, I showed one of them separately super bad, and she loved it and thought it was great, and we want to show it to the others. But I chose The Big Sick, which we talked about on this podcast not too long ago. Yep. Actually, it was probably like our first episode, but we talked about The Big Sick. I showed them that as kind of a, a, a waning them into the more American movie, since it does, you know, it's about a, a Pakistani dude who is entrenched in culture and arranged marriage and stuff, so... It was a little, it's just uh, getting their toes in, and it's it's pretty cool. I'm learning a lot about Indian films, and man, they make they make some wild movies out there. It's yeah, pretty from, cool though. From what I've seen, Bollywood films just like do whatever they want to do for the most part. Yeah, there are no rules. They don't give a shit about uh, our conventions we built up here yeah. over uh, almost a century now of movie making, which is yeah. kind of cool. I'm definitely it's in favor awesome. of that. Um. So I got a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about this week, Seth. All right. And I was promised some fun tivities. Mm-hmm. Those will come later. We have to do serious things first. Oh, okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about this article that I saw uh, in the uh, on sciencemag.org. Um, it is titled, Artificial Intelligence Could Identify Gang Crimes and Ignite an Ethical Firestorm. No shit. Yeah, that's uh, pretty obvious. It's by Matthew Hudson. Oh, good old Huts. I know sometimes we don't get all the attributions on this show we should to people. I'm going to try and do better about that. Uh, but basically, this is uh, talking about a... Uh, uh, let's just start with the opening paragraph here. Um, when someone roughs up a pedestrian, robs a store, or kills in cold blood, police want to know whether the perpetrator was a gang member. They need to send in a special enforcement team. Should they expect a, a crime or retaliation? Now, a new algorithm is trying to automate the process of identifying gang crimes. But some scientists warn that far from reducing gang violence, the program could do the opposite by eroding trust in communities, or it could brand innocent people as gang members. So that's where we're it's, starting off at here. It's interesting. I actually heard um, a podcast talk about this just a mere week ago. Mm-hmm. Of, of the same exact implications of the technology that companies like Palantir are using. And uh, I'm glad it's being picked up by the, the lamestream media. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, they're talking about like a, an algorithm that, from what I can tell, uh, is, is called as a little-known practice known as predictive policing. Oh, there's that word again. 
Ooh. Uh, which is uh, like trying to identify if a crime was done by a gang member based on certain characteristics that a, a, a the thing the thing relies on a beat cop to feed the information into it, and as we all know, beat cops exceptionally good at their jobs, never make mistakes, certainly lazy, citizens. have never killed anybody by accident or on purpose. Um, but basically, this 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 algorithm. Uh, from what I can tell, uh, takes the data that the officer feeds into it and matches it up to some characteristics to see if the uh, if the crime committed was likely a gang-related crime. So what it's doing is here, we're telling the computer, you know, these these uh, this data, and it's making a guess as to whether or not it's a gang a gang-related crime. And I challenge you to tell me how the fuck the computer can know if it's a gang crime based on some characteristics. Like, what, 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 you know, why should we trust a machine to make this decision for us? Well, here's the thing. I will say this. Um, stuff like machine learning and predictive analytics and stuff like that are very advanced and could do stuff that you'd probably be like, well, that's bullshit. Um, such as predicting if something is a gang violence. And here's the thing. Um, I'm absolutely sure that they are able to train a model that would be able to predict if something was gang-related. But... That model would still only, at best, be about 95% accurate, at best, and even then we're leaving 5% of just, oh yeah, the computer said it, so it has to be true, and that's something that I don't like, and I think that's the one, that's that's one of the main areas where, to me, com- computing, predictive analytics, and data mining just do not fit into the justice system, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like... You want to take the decision making for this this thing, which could alter someone's life catastrophically, and put it in the hands of a, of a machine which doesn't know, which isn't you know. I, I mean, I'm all for the advancement of technology. I want these algorithms to get better and stuff. I only need to put better uses in this, but it seems irresponsible to at this early time trust this thing with something as life changing as are you a gang member? Yeah, and. It says here that it identifies it based off of some criteria. It, uh, let's see here. Um, okay, yeah. Four pieces of information are, are required. The primary weapon, the number of suspects, and the neighborhood and location, such as an alley or street corner where the crime took place. You feed those four things into this algorithm and it's supposed to tell you if it's a, if it's a gang member or not. Okay, well, now th- I take back what I said earlier. That is not enough data for me to think that this model can be accurate. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But that does not seem like enough uh, entry points for this to be accurate. Yeah, it it seems like if this thing was anything but 100% accurate, which I'm not even sure is possible, should I'm not sure I'd want to have it making these kind of decisions for people. Um, exactly. There's an interesting moment here. When uh, one of the people who's working on the, the the project, whose name is I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle this because I don't know how to pronounce the first name, um, Hao Chan. It's H A U. So feel free to correct me on that one. Um, a computer scientist now at Harvard University who is presenting the work responded that he couldn't be sure how the new tool would be used. I'm just an engineer, he said. The interviewer Lemon quoted a lyric from, the, from a song about the wartime rocket scientist Werner von Braun in a heavy German accent. Once the rockets are up, who cares where they come down? Then he angrily walked out. Which is, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? The idea of, hey, I'm just doing what I'm told. Or, I'm, I'm just the guy who makes the thing. I don't care what is done with it. 
and I mean, you're in that business right now, right? You you're you're making things, sort of. And yeah. I mean, how do you how do you feel about the way they'll be used? Uh, I I would I want to say I can't be held responsible for the way that any of the stuff that I make is going to be used, um, because you know I mean the, the here's the thing is anytime someone says I was just following orders, first thing we think of Nazis. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you shouldn't have done that, and yeah, because what they were doing was committing genocide. And that's awful. If you work at a company and your job is to use your skill set to develop an application or a new program or something, just something to be to be put out there for the company that could have negative effects later, and somebody points at you and says, "Why'd you do this?" and you're saying, "I just did my job." I think that's actually fair because. Once again, you're creating an application that you might not even know how the company... You might not know how the company is going to use it. In his case, there's only a couple of ways you could use something like that. So, I would definitely call bullshit on what he said. But I do think that in some cases, sometimes you're just a fucking... You're just a developer. You're a coder. You're a back-end developer. You're something. And this is your job. Otherwise, you don't have a job. So, sometimes you have to do this stuff, even if you don't know how it's going to pan out later. Once yeah, again, feel, in his case, I do not agree with what he said. I mean, I feel like uh, Werner von Braun was not just some coder sitting in a cubicle at Google making some yeah. shit. He was a, a rock, a brilliant rocket scientist who knew fully well what the Nazis were going to use his science for. Um, yeah. And this Hal Chan guy, I think, also knows, but I think that, you know, I mean, he probably uh, uh, thinks that this is going to be a good thing, I guess. Like... I'm not sure Werner von Braun could could be uh, convinced that what he was doing was good, but I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who would look at this algorithm and think this is a good idea. You know, we need to identify gang members and cut down on crime, and they honestly think that this will work. And they're misguided, yes, but I mean, they're not doing it with an evil intention. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those things that comes back to the root of the whole reason we even do the Illennials podcast is. Sure, you can do anything, you can do everything within your power, within the technology given to you to get rid of these gangs. I guess some people think that gangs are the number one problem with America, but the problem is gangs and violence and crime and all this stuff is going to keep happening because of capitalism. Oh yeah, and also, I can't be too hard on this engineer. Like I said, I'm not sure how involved he is in creating this. But yeah. we are all subjects of late capitalism. You gotta do you gotta you gotta do what you can do to get by and eat. And I understand it. I get it. Um, he's not uh, the comparison to Von Braun is a bit uh, I think unfair because Von Braun was a, a you know like I said one of a kind scientist who willingly uh, helped the Nazis uh, when he could have resisted. So, but here's the other thing too about that is where did Von Braun end up? Working for us. He did. He did come to America. We brought his ass over here despite the fact that he did all those terrible things for the Nazis. So, I mean, who really is judge, you know? But, yeah, yeah, this print devolution thing, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm not, in case you couldn't tell by now, listeners, I'm not happy with the idea of yeah. the police and computers trying to predict when and where crime will happen. Yeah, and, yeah, it's just so, it's just so tough because... On the one hand, the human cops aren't doing a very good job. On the no. other hand, I don't know if I trust computer cops either. No. So I really don't know who I trust and how uh, laws should be enforced in this country. 
like you said though, this is this is a pro the problem with this algorithm really is that it is attacking the um, the symptoms of what's causing this. Like like crime is a symptom of capitalist oppression. Yeah. You know, it's people are desperate and they're pushed to do to do these things uh, by the system, and so this algorithm is not going to solve anything. It's just going to make life worse for some people and maybe bring crime numbers down if someone can get pat on the back, but it's not helping the world in a substantial way. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. But you got to take down capitalism. That's yeah. all it is. But make a fucking app for that, huh? How about you yeah. fucking do that? By the way, did you see this crazy thing that Elon Musk said yesterday or whatever? He says a hundred crazy things every day, so... Enlighten me. He said that we need to colonize Mars as soon as possible so that humanity can survive a third world war. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And I, all I can think myself is, why don't we just stop the war? Yeah. Uh, and also, I'd like to ask Elon Musk, who is going to be making it to Mars and who is going to be fighting in this war? Yeah, that's a very good question. Who who gets to live and who gets to stay here and get fucked? Yeah, because I don't understand. If we're having a world war, then but we we're colonizing Mars. Are we is just one country colonizing Mars? Is it or is an alliance colonizing Mars and we're going to leave the rest to die? Are just the rich people going to go to Mars and the poor people get to fight each other here on Earth? Oh, what, I'm what, sure. That what's your would, plan? It would be colonized by by SpaceX and corporate. Uh, uh, sponsors will be going to Mars and all of us will be fucked. Oh yeah, I just blow my brains out. For sure. I wouldn't even worry about anything else. I'd be and done. He also described his crazy ass uh, tunnel system he wants to build under cities like to replace the subway. And it's it's just cars. It's just cars again. It's cars too. The, not the not the movie with Lightning McQueen. It's, it's fucking... Uh, individual pods that will take your ass on a fucking electromagnetic superhighway underneath the city so you can sit in silence in a little fucking metal coffin and be, you know, propelled at 8,000 yeah. miles per hour fucking to destination. Fucking ass blasted into Manhattan. <laughs> yes! And and the the up the upshot for all these fucking uh, uh, morons is they'll get to fucking go fast where they want to go and never have to see another person or maybe look at a guy who's poor. And that's, what, that's the whole point. Yeah. And Elon it's just Musk the dumbest is, uh, thing. Ugh. The internet really embraces Elon Musk um, for all the wrong reasons, in my opinion. I think that he's able to put on this facade of being kind of a cool guy, tech, who's like, oh yeah, I, I am rich and I want to make stuff, but it's electric and it's going to be good. And it's oh, different. Yeah. And I put a car into space and I played David Bowie. So like, I'm with it. And you should love me. But reality, he looks like a fucking melted Barbie doll that fucking... I don't, I don't even know. He's, he's... I don't know. I don't like Elon Musk. We've made that abundantly clear on this mm -hmm. podcast. And I think that the internet's obsession with him needs to die down because it's fucking annoying. Did you see that Elon Musk uh, gets a shout-out in the new Star Trek series? I heard that, yeah. They literally what... name him in the same sentence as Von Braun. Wow. Good. That's, and I'm like, that's nice. First of all, good comparison. Second of all, how much money did Elon Musk pay to get his name in this show? Yeah, right? 
as some kind because. of like space guru or or because you know they're speaking about him in the past and they're like oh yeah elon musk did so much for space travel and i'm like i'm not seeing it yet i'm living in the time and i'm not seeing it yet yeah i have not traveled to space no. now they have most any most people who can even afford to travel to space haven't traveled to space so what is he doing call me back when elon musk puts a person on the moon actually you know what just text me we've already been to the moon yeah i don't need to call- hear about that Call me when he puts somebody on Mars and they can live there. And their name isn't Matt Damon because he's already done that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. I, I, Matt, Matt Damon's been there, done that. We can't have him go again. Let's get somebody I'm, else. Let me, let me make a side note here real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked at the amount of time people who went and saw the movie The Martian and were on Twitter afterwards like, was that a true story? I can't <laughs> believe that actually happened. I'm like... <laughs> It would be all we talk about. Mm-hmm. It would be all anyone. Remember that guy? Remember how that guy was on Mars? And we like, oh, watch. That's all we would talk about. And this person, people were just like, man, that's crazy. I can't believe that really happened. I mean, it's like back in the 60s, you know, they, they landed a guy on the moon. And that's all America talked about for like a year. Yeah, a little more than a year. Probably, but, yeah. But like, yeah. it was because they didn't have good TV back then. So it was yeah. like, the fucking man on the moon was the only conversation. So if we put a guy on the fucking yeah. on Mars today, even in our you know fast paced you know news based society, we'd be talking about it for a long fucking time. They would make a Mars like twenty four hour stream. Yeah, and it, oh dude, can you like, dude definitely there would be a Mars stream for sure. There'd be Twitch plays Mars. There would be. You could tell the fucking Martians what to do. Yeah, dude, it'd be and, great. There could be a thing where, like, when you, you fucking, like, give $5 to the Mars mission, uh, like, Elon Musk is like, hey, gr- thanks for fucking subscribing, Cunt Blaster 42 Like, that's the what we'd be having, right? Like, that's what we have to do. Have to That'd be the, the only reason I would ever give Elon Musk money, is to get him <laughs> to say Cunt Blaster 42 <laughs> Oh, man. What am I talking about? Like, in this, it's 2018. We'd be saying, it'd be some guy who'd be like... His name would be fucking uh, White Purity 1488 or some shit, pledging to the fucking Mars mission. Yeah. And um, fidget Spinner 420. But I want to talk to you real quick about something. I have another topic I want to discuss, or an article right. anyways. Articles. Um, cool. This is an article I found on a, uh, a website called Inc.com. That's I-N-C. I don't know what the fuck they do on this website. I don't really care because the name... They're, of, they're incorporated, dude. Um, You think so? They're incorporated. They're inc.com. Probably. Um, yeah, the, uh, but the name of this article that I'm looking at right now is called Why We Should Stop Striving for Work-Life Balance. Oh, yes, I did. I read this one. You sent it to me. I did read this one. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you happen to catch the author's name? No, I did not. His name is Bruce Poontip. Wait. <laughs> Bruce Poon Tip? Bruce Poon Tip. Man, that guy, he... It's it's like... The joke is so obvious that I, I don't even think I should make it. Like, everyone's already made it in their head. And he founded a company which is called G-Adventures. G-Adventures. The letter G-Adventures. Wow. The jokes so write we- themselves... So do you think that Josh Gad ever goes around and saying, "Hey, Gad Ventures, that's a that's a good name. I like that. That's a, that's that's how I like it." 
Oh, I'm gonna make a God. theme park called Gadventures. Knowing Josh Gad, fucking probably. Uh, he seems yeah, because because kind of... I know Josh Gad so well. Oh yeah, personally, good good friend, friend of the show, lame motherfucker, just definitely uh very lame. Um, also this this article has a fucking uh, link for Stumble Upon, which I thought died or was burned up. Oh <laughs> like, my god, I did use that when I was like in fucking a freshman in high school. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I can't believe that still exists. But anyway, so why we should stop striving for work, work life balance is talking about, it starts off with this crazy, uh, completely other idea or uh, topic, which is uh, first paragraph is on March 9th through 10th, thousands of Americans will do the near impossible, put their smartphones away and unplug for 24 hours. This national day of unplugging invites people to take a breather from technology from sundown today to sundown tomorrow so they can focus on connecting with their friends, families, and neighbors in real life. Yes. Now, isn't that how it's done, Seth? Isn't it? Isn't, isn't it that to connect with your friends and family, you have to be offline? Isn't that how it is these days? Yes, like, because my friends and family all live right next to me, and I can just go walk up and talk to them. Yeah. No, no one's online. No one talks about things online anymore. So the internet is a hundred percent integrated into our lives. Yeah, it, that's. I mean, hey, if you want to go your a day without using your cell phone because you think you're addicted or something, that's fine. But don't put this weird spin on it that you're gonna be able to do all these cool things that a lot of us are only able to do because of our phones and the internet and such. Yeah, don't fucking like claim. Don't don't act like. It's this weird neo-Luddite idea that technology is somehow impeding the human condition or some shit. Like, that's dumb. Um, yeah. But and he even says it. Technology makes integration possible. He goes on to say um, that FaceTime changed my life because it truly makes me feel like I can be with my family when I'm traveling for work. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Right? You can talk to your, uh, talk to your can, kids. He can talk to the Poontip clan. <laughs> All the poon tips can get together and they can just talk, they can talk all about being poon tip people. Um, and so he goes on to say, though, that uh, the idea this article is uh, trying to make is that you shouldn't strive for work-life balance. Instead, you need work-life integration. That means you should create yes. workspaces that promote health, happiness, and freedom. It needs you need to. Um, this is okay. I'm going to read the, straight from the article. This is part of the reason why we are seeing so many companies follow Google and Facebook's lead and invest in spaces and experiences that allow employees to enrich their lives while they're at the office. From on-site barbers to extracurricular woodshop classes to yoga studios to rooftop patios complete with grills, these types of perks are indicative of a new norm where employees are encouraged to bring their full selves to work. This type of culture helps promote freedom, happiness, and creativity, which generally leads to higher quality work and deeper employee engagement and connection to their peers. Yes. Motherfucker, I don't want to bring my full self to work. I don't even want to go to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read this article, and here's the thing. The, the thing that... G- companies like google and facebook and all them do hell even the company i work for does it a little bit is it's not that they want you to be able to bring your full self and they want you to feel at home at work they just want to provide a space for you to where you don't feel like you need to leave work and you and you'll be willing to do stuff like even work overtime or work and not even be on the clock because like if you work 40 hours a week you waste half that time 
Okay, mm-hmm. most people who work forty hours a week, no matter what, waste half that time by whatever by company standards. You just during the time is either you can't do some work or you just take a break or something. But if you know you can get your hair cut and then play a couple of games of NBA Two K eighteen or whatever with one of your coworkers and then go back to work. You might be willing to stay later and do work that you're not even getting paid for to just because you feel like you're having a good time while you're there, but you're not really at home still. Yeah, because there's been days at work when I've changed. Like I've been like, man, I got to get a haircut or I got to go pick up some groceries or whatever. And I wouldn't do it because I didn't feel like going to do it after work. You know, I was so fucking tired or just uh, uh, mentally drained. But these, these kinds of things are like, hey, you don't have to worry about it. We got a haircut. We got a barber right here on staff. You can get yourself a nice sandwich down here at our little restaurant and stuff. It's all going to be fine. And it's like, that, like you said, that's just encouraging you to stay on your campus or whatever, like it's a fucking college, and do more work and not go home, which is insane because it's not like you're, you're in some scenario where the company's paying for your housing. No, no, no. You're still paying your rent and you're not getting taken advantage of it. Yeah, and another thing that I, I like that most people point out about this is it's a lot cheaper to provide things like haircuts and restaurants and video games and a lot of stuff. It's a lot cheaper for companies to provide that than it is for them to provide f- full comp- competitive salaries with benefits. Oh, for and that's sure. what they do is they're like, hey, you're going to get paid next to nothing to work here, but it's fun. And you, you're going to get to have a good time. And that's cool, right? Um, and hey, I mean, for some people that works. Some people, they, I mean, if you really, if you if you need to go to work, I mean, first of all, everybody's got to eat. So if you got to go to a job and you got to make next to nothing, have some fun while you're there. I mean, you know, if you can, not, may as well. But it's still an insidious business practice that is played off as light and playful. Yeah, like. Generally, at work, in my experience, having fun is non-productive. You know, you're you're getting one over on the boss. You're getting paid to to talk or joke around on the job, and this is like trying to take that concept, but make you still like make it a part of the job, like in a way that encourages you to go back and do more work, like you said, that you're either getting undercompensated for, or you're not getting paid for in, in, at all, and that might be those two things combined, actually. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's insidious. And, and yeah, uh, and just the whole idea of this fucking article is so fucking stupid. It, it, clearly, you should, uh, you should have a good balance of your work and your life, which is a terrible thing to call it. Because um, it should just be your life, you know? Mm-hmm. You should be able to go to work, and then you should be able to leave at a reasonable time and go home and do all the stuff that you want to do before you have to go to sleep to get back up and go to your job. It's a boring cycle, but it works. And I know, I've noticed that, and this I'll, I'll tell a personal story real quick. I've noticed that some companies keep it, like, it. they don't even like people to ask about it because they want you to expect that you're going to be, you know, working a lot anyway. So I had a job interview. It was over the phone. It was in, like, September. I won't say the company name or anything, but I was interviewing with them. It was going very well. I was pretty well qualified for the position, it was not that far away, and it was a cool company, and the interviewer was very nice. And I got to the part where I asked them questions. So I asked some questions about the position. And then my last question was, like, as an employee, how would you categorize the work-life balance? And then this very nice, sweet interviewer turned on me 
and was just like, oh, I'm sorry, but if you're the kind of person who just worries about what your free time is going to be like, then I really don't want you on my team. And then basically hung up on me right there. That's fucked up. And I was thrown aback at how needlessly aggressive this person got very quickly. And yeah, man, that's like that's that's fucked up as shit though. Like, cause that's just them like saying how little they value you as a human being, and look at yeah. you just as a unit of production. Yeah, and it was, I don't know. It was super disheartening, and uh, luckily the company I'm working at now was not afraid to answer that question and was very nice about it. So that's good. But still, I mean, obviously employers don't want these peon entry level employees to even think they should get to have a life outside of work, which is fucking mind-blowing to me yeah because like Cause that it, used to be the thing it used to be you know you got out of college you got a job you got a car you got a place to live you went to your nine to five and you got home and you did your stuff and you went back and that was supposed to be the dream that was supposed to be or not even the dream it's supposed to be what everyone did that was supposed to be just the regular routine mm-hmm. and we've changed workplaces have changed demands have changed capitalism has gotten out of control and now we're living where we are do you think that the reason why so many uh, millennials and the new generation underneath us are coming b- behind us um, are radicalized to leftism and I mean also to, to things on the right as well in some cases is because that old promise of go to school, go to college, get a degree, you'll get a good job, you can put in your 40 years, get your gold watch and retire – that doesn't exist anymore. You think that's one of the reasons why people have turned yeah. to socialism? Yeah, that old prob- that old promise is fucking dead. It has been shot, murdered, suffocated, and thrown off of a cliff. Now, like back then, when you graduated college, uh, you had you were like three thousand dollars in debt. Woo. Um, now, when you graduate, you are at average twenty thousand dollars in debt. Most a lot of people, very much more. Um, and then you have to go get a job that pays you next to nothing, and you got to somehow pay for a place to live while you're getting paid next to nothing, and property value, like, value is so high for no reason, and that's what you do. And now you're, a lot of us are stuck in a loop where you, you don't make enough money to save anything, you barely make enough money to, uh, pay for the expenses that you already have. And then you're just stuck in a rut of being that for the rest of your life. Like, when I see somebody my age getting married, I'm like, you are fucked. You are not going to be able to support... You You two together cannot support both of you together and possibly have a kid. That is, you are... You're never going to be able to do that. But, hey, people still try. Yeah, because I, mean, I remember that the, the eight-hour workday was founded uh, in part because it was considered uh, it was a fair thing. You know, you got eight hours of work... You got eight hours of of your time, eight hours of sleep. That was your balanced day, right? Yep. That was how it should be. But you look at how it actually is. Do you feel like you get eight hours of personal time a day? No. No, because, like, I mean, at least, at least at my job, uh, I work for nine hours, and one of those is your lunch break, which is considered part of your time, but it's not really your time. Yeah. You gotta be back at work. You can't go too far. You can't really relax how you want to so it's not really part of your time and then you gotta think about the fact that a lot of people have to commute I mean my commute is pretty simple I only have to go um, 20 something miles that, like to get to work and 20 something miles back um, but some people have to drive like I, I know a guy who has to drive 75 miles to his job and that's yeah. crazy to me 
Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is, yeah, sure, you're at work for eight hours, but that doesn't even, that doesn't include your commute, that doesn't include the stuff you have to do to get to work, and if you, if you're in a very populous place, you might, you're probably not going to be able to drive, so you have to rely on public transit, public transit can go down, and then, you know, if you're late, that's your time you got to make up, and yeah, it just, I don't know, we, we've just been put into this terrible cycle that no one knows how to break, and the people who were old enough to get around it were lucky they did, and the people who are young enough to get fucked by it are very unfortunate. Yeah, I know. I was I was right there, man, because I went to college in 2007, so right before the 2008 financial crash that pretty much killed the entire way the world used to work, and now I'm just fucked. Like, everyone that went to school with me, too, are also fucked because we don't have the resources we don't have the the backing we don't have the the support systems that the people before us had and now we're just kind of like adrift yeah i'm feeling you man and i know that you are the same way you're even worse you're even further out from the financial crash from which we've not recovered from despite what people will say so what the fuck are we supposed to do and i think that that's the reason why a lot of people have gotten politically active is because they realize that the the world that was promised to them is no longer achievable. And so, I mean, what else are you going to do but try and finally take political uh, uh, action to change things? Yeah, the system is fucked, so fuck the system. Ah, I'm down for that. I'm down with that. Hell yeah, fuck the system, man. It never fucking helped us because, I mean, and I think that at some point, maybe not totally, but there was a time when the system wanted to help people, but it was broken over decades by capital. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we've been saying. Once again, that's the core of the Illennials podcast. Is uh, uh, Yeah. So I think, did you have something you wanted to bring to the table here? For this argument? Well, I mean, just in general, for the Illennials podcast we do together, the show that uh, I do with my brother, that you are. I don't know. We, we got into some sports recently, and, you know, we're uh, it's March, so a lot of people are angry. Mm-hmm. Because it's March Madness. Oh, man. I'm very mad. Mm. Did, do you get it? We're angry. I'm angry over the, over, the, over the basketball. It's madness. You knew it was basketball. I'm excited. I'm glad you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know because of you. That's, yes, that's very true. Um, but, yeah, for any, uh, any of you sports fans out there, um, have, your, have your brackets ready. Um, I'm excited about March Madness. Uh, I'm cheering for University of North Carolina and Michigan, but they're going to face off very early, and it's going to be very sad for me. Um, but yeah, and we talked. We were talking about college athletes last week. A lot of stuff is going on right now, um, as far as should college athletes get compensated? Are coaches unfairly compensated? A lot of that's coming to light. There was some bag dropping um, and such in the community but yeah that's just that's what i wanted to bring to the table i just i'm excited about i'm mad right now i'm <laughs> mad I'm, ang- for... I'm angry for march all right so, so you said I'm you're doing. you're for michigan and north carolina yep why why michigan specifically uh one of my best friends uh one of my absolute best friends from college is from michigan and he he got me to be a michigan fan when we were hanging out a lot so he beca- I, I became a michigan fan and he became a cloud nine fan so we like traded off fandoms. Okay, fair so, enough. Yeah. It's a it's a good time. So everybody out there just hoop, hoop. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring something to the table here, 
right. This is where the fun. This is the fun times come into our podcast. Hey, funtivities! I know you're excited for the funtivities. Um, so, do you know who uh, Paul Joseph Watson is? No. He is uh, a British uh, Infowars editor, um, editor at large. Oh wait a minute! Is he the one that never leaves his house? Yeah, he's the he's the one with the kind of twinkish uh, face, and he yeah never leaves his house because he's afraid of the world. Okay. Um, goes on prison planet because he's turned the planet into his prison. Apparently, well, not even the planet, the planet, just his apartment. Um, he just he describes himself as a, as a classical liberal, which that is dumb. No one really believes the things that seventeenth century uh, merchants believe anymore. Like that's not real. Um, I do. Oh, you do? You believe? Yeah, in, you believe in the things that, that, that uh, classical liberals believed in? They, I believe they, in. Go ahead. I believe in seventeenth century merchants. Is that what you said? That's um, the the ideals they held. But I mean, yeah, I believe in them too. They existed. They were real oh, people. That's what I was saying. I believe in them. They oh, were so real. You, you believe in them? I'm not a. I'm not a seventeenth um, century merc- mercenary truther. Not mercenary merchant truther. <laughs> Seventeenth century mercenary truther. They didn't exist, folks. There were no mercenaries in the seventeenth yeah. century. I'm not posting newspapers on people's stores about. There weren't any. Well, there wasn't any currency to fight over. Well, what would they have been paid in? Goats? I don't think so. People. It didn't happen. Oh, um. Uh, so yeah, this guy, Paul Joseph Watson, is. Uh, you know, he yells a lot and says a lot of crazy shit on 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 the YouTube, uh, like a lot of people, these people do. Uh, but he recently posted a video. Um, about well, here's the Twitter the Twitter uh, post. It says, "Have you been disowned by your friends and family over politics? This has to stop. It's eroding the fabric of society and causing untold mi- misery." And the thumbnail is a person wearing uh, a MAGA hat, so you know what you're in for. Yeah. Um. So people decided that this was a good idea to then uh, tell him about the, their experiences being disowned by their family. And so, Seth, I have a couple of selections here I want to read to you of people disowned by their families over over uh, uh, politics. You yeah. ready? Hit me. All right. This one says, uh, this is from, it looks like an old lady. Uh, presently, although I am allowed to send my grandchildren gifts and cards, I am not allowed to talk to them or be a part of their lives. I'm held at arm's length and can only pray my, her views will mellow or change. Breaks my heart. What side? What side are they on? What? I don't even. They didn't say anything in that. Oh, dude! Anybody replying to Paul Watson is probably a Trump person. Well, yeah, but still, like, at least say something. At least say like, "Oh, my daughter hates Trump so much that I can't see my grandkids." Like, say something. How about this I mean, one? All right. I this was this was from uh, uh, I'm not gonna say the name. Never mind. Uh, just it's a, it's, a, it's a white dude with a mustache, so you know what kind of territory we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one brother. I was disinvited from his SJW daughter's wedding at her request. Mm, this man certainly voted for Obama. Um, <laughs> certainly. Oh, this is pain. I mean, I mean, he said it was his daughter, his friend's daughter. Yeah, his, his his brother's daughter, so his his niece. You want to go to your niece's birthday, really? No, her wedding. Like you, oh, her wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess maybe maybe you do kind of want to go to that, but I mean, I, yeah, I hate I fucking hate the SJW meme. I guess it. I don't even know what it is anymore. Pe- people just, if you care about stuff, you're dumb. You know? Yeah. How how dare you care about something? 
Speaking as a person who was deep into SJW stuff about three years ago, and still considers myself to be a person who, who, who is a proponent of social justice, but has also expanded to include economic justice, um, that, yeah, that word's pretty much meaningless. It's just anybody who says a thing that you don't like, but is also, like, liberal, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just we, we've just decided that... I mean, it's it, of course the whole classical thing is it's cool to not care, but that's about, like, little stuff. Like, if somebody scuffs your shoe, it's cool to not care. If somebody is taking away civil liberties from a whole group of people, I think it's pretty cool to care about that and kind yeah. of be like, hey, we shouldn't do that. For sure. Like, I don't... It's not yeah. like... Uh, SJW has never really argue with anything that was uh, some some things I think were too extreme but hey that's for everything what are you going to do um, this one is from a guy whose name I will actually say um, uh, Travis 5th generation Texan MAGA is his name um, who says yup had friends and relatives tell us we can't be friends anymore because my wife voted for Trump one even told us we needed, we needed counseling Lamau. Wait a minute, so did he not vote for Trump? That's that's the same question I had! That's a weird way to word that. Did you, did you and your wife disagree? I mean, it's fine if you did, but... I mean, just your wife did this? You were totally on the Hillary train? And your yeah, family I, hates you now? It's fucking wild, dude. Like, I, it, there's a whole untied, untold side of the story that I really would like to know about. Yeah, that's just that's just needlessly confusing. Yeah, it's needlessly really know, confusing. I don't really know why people would uh, uh, like. Which one are you going for? You know, if your wife voted for Trump, can okay, listen, Mister Fifth Generation Texan, why didn't you vote? I'm curious now. Yeah, did you not vote? Did you vote for Hillary? Are you really from Texas? Are you really fifth generation? What mm-hmm. does MAGA stand for? <laughs> like, who are you? That's yeah. good. That, those That's are good all question. my questions for Travis Texas. Um. Here's one from a guy whose name is Mr. Fluffer's mom, which just, oh my god. That is, that is beautiful. That is, that guy lives in Cuck Nation. Oh, for sure. Um, It says, uh, not disowned, but my longtime staunch rep parents voted for Hillary. Uh, Quotation marks, Trump doesn't know anything about business. You just don't understand. That's not how the economy works. These quotation marks. I guess the past 20 years in banking were wasted years of learning for me. So this guy's a banker. Yeah. And he voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks Trump knows business. Mm-hmm. His parents didn't vote for Trump because they think Trump doesn't know business. Yeah. And he's mad that he's a banker? I guess he's trying to say that, hey, I, I've been a banker my entire life, so I know about the economy, and Trump is strong daddy economy, so he knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, um, once again, needlessly confusing in the wording there, sir. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, the 20 years of banking did not pay off for them because uh, banks are terrible. Also, their header image on Twitter is just the worst close-up of pizza I have ever seen. You can see the grease bubbling off of it, and it is, and like the burnt cheese, and it is bad, dude. It's I'm getting sick looking at it. Also, if you're talking about why you voted for Trump, how about you list off his credentials and not your own? What does your 20 years of banking tell me about this candidate, you know? I, I don't know. And that Take a better picture of pizza. It's not yeah. that hard. It stands still. Here's a good one as well. This is by a person named Terry Carter. Uh, okay. 
divide and conquer, divide and conquer, drip, drip, drip. Problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic bullshit. People are too busy being busy and maybe too many are still asleep. Ah, you know what? That guy didn't even, he didn't take a position. You know what? I agree with this guy. I, like I agreed. Guy. Drip drop, slip slop, <laughs> we're about to get into the information drop. Whatever he said. I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm with this dude, for sure. Hegelian dialectic bullshit? Just change my name to that. My legal that guy is like, That guy's like, if Dr. Seuss was dumb. <laughs> if Dr. Seuss was dumb. Uh, <laughs> green eggs and bam. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fucking uh, Horton, here's a what? Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb Dr. Seuss. Uh, it's fucking good, though. Uh, how the Grinch uh, fucking didn't save, didn't steal yeah. Christmas. I don't know. That guy's um, like a Migos bought a thesaurus. Like, he's... <laughs> He's done I, something. I don't know what Migos is. It's I know that Migos are a monster in Lovecraft stories. What are they to you? What are what are the Migos? Mm-hmm. Are you seriously asking this question? I don't know what that is. Everyone, everyone, if anyone who listens to this podcast is from Georgia, they hate you now. And why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Migos, the Migos are a rap trio from Georgia, and they're one of the biggest selling musical artists in the world right now he need one of their songs what's one of their songs i mean they've got bad and bougie uh bad bitches only versace i mean they got a lot i mean they got a lot of songs they they released two albums in the past two years they're both like an hour and a half long so they got they got a lot of music no do you remember that rap group that went to our college for a performance and got arrested yeah that's the Migos. That's the Migos. Okay. Yes. Okay. Huh. Years before they were as big as they are now, they they went to our university and did a show. So you can all look it up and find out where we both went to school. And they got arrested. And we actually, the the city actually kept Offset, who's one of the members, and they kept him in jail for like three weeks before they were able to get him out. Um, but yeah, that happened. And, oh, they're also on the first season of Atlanta. You remember in the episode where... Darius and Paperboy go to buy drugs from those three guys in the woods. Yeah, that's the Migos. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, they, they, uh, they've they've gone from being arrested in a rural town in Georgia to national prominence. Yeah, easily one of the biggest uh, hip hop acts right now. They're the Danny O'Brides of rap. Yeah, actually, they're, that's very close. <laughs> Except they're from they're from Atlanta, but yes. So this one, uh, this next tweet is from a person whose name is MSM Mole, um, who said whose picture is of Obama in a full suit sitting on a toilet with the American flag painted on it. It's very weird. Um, Who says uh, I was outed as a conservative in my newsroom and hounded by by a basement dwelling lib gossip blogger for being conservative. I was written up and forced to close my account with 6,500 followers. I was relentlessly bullied and targeted while Libs openly pimped Sanders with impunity. Oh no, you lost 6,500 followers? I mean, he's oh. only got 1,300 now, so... That's 
That's where the real influencers live, or in that seven, six to seven thousand range. Oh, for sure, dude. Like this guy, you you can't even determine how much incalculable loss he went through with his sixty five hundred followers. It's yeah. it's not since the fucking the the trail of tears has someone known of this much tragedy. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing. My opinion on this whole topic is, no matter what side you're on. If your family or friends don't want to talk to you anymore because of your political opinions, I mean, that's it. That's what happened. You mm-hmm. can't control how the people are going to think, okay? And this is... <laughs> it sucks. I mean, I, I do think, I mean, even at this point, I do think that we should keep talking to people who don't agree with us. Not because, like we said, arguments never change anyone's mind, but after an argument, people will change their mind. and mm-hmm. Or at least people who are smart enough, in my opinion, will change their mind. And we do need to keep talking to each other, but if somebody is going to disown you, I mean, don't tell some guy who's locked in an apartment what happened, because that man, he, he won't even leave a 1,300-square-foot room. So, what's he going to do for you? So, yeah, I think there's a substantial amount of uh, shit that didn't happen to these, these stories. Like, yeah. I think that a lot of them are fake, but... Uh, so let's play a little game. Let's see, if this, is this real or shit that didn't happen? You ready? Okay. This is from Joan Wilson, who's replying to both Prison Planet and Dookie Dom, which is just a fantastic Twitter name. Um, I am a great-grandma and very outspoken concerning politics and how it does affect our lives. My family have cut me off, which is very sad. Real or shit that didn't happen? Read it one more time. I am a great grandma and very outspoken concerning politics and how it Didn't does happen. affect our lives. Stop. Okay. Didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Okay. All great grandmas are dead. So, <laughs> pretty cut and dry on that one. Next. You got him. Boom. Roasted. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is from Liz, uh, who says, Lost a friend for not being a leftist was told I have no brains and have been called sexist by friends many times because I criticize feminism. That does sound like leftists. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to go with a real on this one. Yeah, I'm giving it a real as well. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how I act. Uh, let's see here. This is from uh, Sung Kwan. Who says? Uh, oh, their 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 uh, their description of themselves. They have no no avatar. Uh, it's just I like video games. Um, fake. Boom. That's a political opinion right there. Boom. Fake. Next. <laughs> well, their tweet was: My grandmother wrote me out of her will over politics. Mm, I hope that's real. <laughs> I you hope that him. one's real. If they say great grandma, I wouldn't know they were lying. Mm-hmm. But grandma, I'll, I'll buy. Alright, so here's a new one for you. Oh man, this one this one hit strike this one uh, comes to us close from home. It's Selden Georgia Dogs who okay. says Well, ellipses, I live in the Great South. We just laugh in the faces of any Yankee Lib family members. Is that wrong? Six crying laughing emoji faces. That's probably real. Oh for sure. Yeah. I mean I don't have any doubt in that one. I just got to tell you, there. This this person is for sure like a Russian bot. Uh, I know it's unpopular to say that, but like, there it's just their 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 profile is too many hashtags. It's a hashtag MAGA, hashtag Trump trains, huge hashtag dogs fan, hashtag Tea Party, hashtag Reagan equals less government slash more American freedom, lifetime hashtag NRA, and yes, I own a gun. 
As soon as they said dogs fan, I knew they were fake. <laughs> Nobody likes the dogs. Yeah. We're going to get so many fucking... We're not going to get any people talking about it to us about it. But if we had fans, they will be coming at us about that. Yeah. If people listen to this podcast, they'd be like, What? I love Georgia. And I'm from South America. <laughs> I'm from Brazil, but I love the dogs. Yes. <laughs> the dogs are great. I catch I'm... all their games at 4 a.m. <laughs> That's not the... What? Wait. Brazil is still the same time zone as us, you moron. <laughs> no, like, dog games just happen at 4 a.m. Oh, okay, cool. They happen at night. Those those famous night games yeah. the dogs play for the intimidation factor. You know, because dogs can see at night. Um, yes. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, this one is from Cheryl, uh, who's... At is eight year gap. Don't know why what that means. That's weird. I guess. Wait, it's talking about Obama, isn't it? That's an Obama ah, reference. Mm, all right, okay, I already know something about this person. Uh, says they are because, smart. Oh no! It says <laughs> not because I am conservative, but because I trust and support Trump. They are brainwashed by the MSM and believe every negative thing they have said about him, and to disregard anything positive. I have been Trump censored. Just waiting for the truth bombs to hit MSM. They will. Oh my god. I actually think that I've been Trump censored might be my new catchphrase. <laughs> I've been Trump censored. I've been Trump censored. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk around saying that. I'm gonna say cuck and I've been Trump censored. Dude, when to the live fucking, in this new America. When the piss tape comes out, I'm gonna be like saying, uh we've been Trump censored. They take it when it gets taken down, obviously, from every fucking thing that there is. Yeah. Uh, to deny us the glory of the piss tape. Um, and that brings us to, um, the last thing I want to talk about. This is not a, uh, uh, Twitter comment on this. It is actually a YouTube comment. Cause that's right, oh. Seth. I went to the YouTube page for the video. Did not watch the video because I do not want to watch Paul Joseph Watson fucking talk to me with his big red dick sucking lips. Yeah. Um, instead I just read the comments cause I'm a moron. But, uh, here's my favorite one that I could pick out, uh, so this one's a real good one for you now, okay? Remember, real or shit that didn't happen. This is true. My dad kicked my libtard sister and her soy boy where's Waldo looking boyfriend out of his house on Thanksgiving. They would not give up the fact that he voted for Trump. It was like they were brainwashed robots and could not put politics aside and put family first for four hours. The best thing is my sister had the nerve to call my dad to bail her out of jail for getting arrested for protesting a few weeks later. His response? Call Hillary. I am sure she will bail you out. Boom! I will say... Obviously, this person is not my cup of tea, but <laughs> Soy Boy Where's Waldo Looking Ass might be the roast of the century. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I, I can imagine this person they're talking about very well, just from this little description, and first of all, shit that didn't happen, but second mm-hmm. of all, best roast of this podcast, easily. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking good. Um... So yeah, I think that's that's all my topics for the week, man. Yep. I'm good. I'm Fuck done. the New England Patriots. Fuck the New England Patriots. We're out. Illinois Podcast 2018. Keeping it real. Yeah. Don't Trump censor me. <laughs> <laughs>